Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. My soul waits for the Lord, more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Thomas Merton once said that there is no greater disaster in the spiritual life than to be immersed in unreality. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever the economy is stable and when I can get whatever I want, whenever I want, at any time that I want from the grocery store, and when I can leave my home without fear of getting sick or even breaking the law, I personally find it very hard to not believe that I'm the one in control of my life. And that life will always feel stable, predictable, and fair. In fact, I still recall when Deacon Sherry put ashes on my forehead at the beginning of Lent. She reminded me that I was dust and that to dust I would one day return. And in that moment, my head fully grasped the meaning of her words. My heart however, did not. But I have to say, with each passing day, I do feel a little bit more like dust, weak, waiting, and very much present to the reality that I am not in control, that I don't have all the answers, and that I can't fix what is happening. But of course, what I love about Merton is his insistence that none of this is actually a problem. Not being in control, not a problem. Not having all the answers, not a problem. Feeling weak and not being totally sure what to do next, not a problem. For the great disaster, he says, of the spiritual life is not our weakness, but rather the illusion of strength. The disaster is to forget that we are dust and that we are always waiting on God to act. And I think Martha and Mary in today's gospel, I think, They understand this in a very personal way, for they are hyper-attuned to the reality of the human condition. I mean, right? Their brother Lazarus is sick. They send word to Jesus, but Jesus, he doesn't come right away. For two days, he remains in the place where he was. And so when Jesus does arrive... Notice how Martha and Mary say the exact same thing. Lord, if you had been here, 
my brother would not have died. In other words, where were you, they ask. You see, Martha and Mary, they have not just lost their brother, they have also lost any sense of stability and knowing what to do next. Their bones are dried up. They're sad, they're powerless, they are scared. And from that place, they call upon Jesus, waiting for God to act. And of course, today's Old Testament reading gives us a similar picture. The prophet Ezekiel sees a valley, and in that valley are nothing but a multitude of dry bones. Will they ever live again? This is the question that Ezekiel brings to God. Will we ever live again? Is this not the question that we have for God? Will these bones live? Will my life or our society ever return to normal? Will I ever feel safe going out in public again? Will I lose my job or my retirement? Lord, where were you? Where are you? If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Can he live again? Can we live again? Will our collective bones spread out, isolated, dry, alone in a valley, six feet apart? Will they ever form a living breathing body again. You see, it's questions like these that put us in touch with the reality of our spiritual condition, the reality that the essence of our faith is to wait upon the Lord. Because the ever-present truth about the human experience, which we might be aware of now, but has always been the case, is that there is so much more that we don't know than we do know, and that it's the hardest things in life that we can't control or fix, and that it is ultimately in weakness and in trust that we come before God waiting for the Lord to speak our name and to call us forth from the tomb. And so what I hear in today's readings is a clear invitation from God to embrace this posture of waiting, to see our waiting at the moment as a painful gift to embrace and not some inconvenience to get rid of. And so here's the question I want us to consider this week. Can we find in Martha and Mary a spiritual companion? These women who are confused and questioning and weak and yet still clinging to Jesus in faith, can we find the courage to claim their story as our own? To say their story, this is the church's vocation at this moment in time. For I do believe that God's invitation at this moment is to embrace the very thing we spend so much 
of our life running away from when the illusion of stability is present, and that's our loss, our limits, our dependency, the uncertainty and impermanence of life, our interdependence, that feeling of being weak and not quite knowing what to do next, because don't you see it's only from this posture of waiting before the Lord, of knowing ourselves to be dust, that the surprising gift of resurrection can be received when it comes. You see, to say that we are dust, this is not a statement concerning our worthiness. It's a statement concerning our capacity. It just means we have to wait, that we can't fix this or get out of this ourselves. And as my pastor, it's always my privilege and job to remind us that God loves dust and that the Lord became dust and that the gift and promise of resurrection is sure. And so as we prepare for Holy Week, we enter with a posture of trustful and expectant waiting. And by that, I do not mean passivity. To wait upon the Lord, this is a posture of the heart. It's not a pass on taking meaningful action if we can. In fact, I'd even say that it's only when our heart is waiting upon God that we find the wisdom to know how to act in a manner that pleases God. For if we truly wait, if we embrace the reality of our weakness, our uncertainty, and even our confusion on what to do next, if we truly wait, we will find that we are more present, more engaged, more attuned, more compassionate, more open to a breadth of options, and more clear on our Christian call. My soul waits for the Lord, says the psalmist, more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. This is our call at the moment. And the good news of our faith is that we wait for something amazingly hopeful. As today's reading from Ezekiel put it, for thus says the Lord God, I will open your graves, and I'll bring you back to your land. And on that day you shall know that I am the Lord your God. And this, we believe, is the deepest reality of our faith. Not our weakness, but God's strength. Not our fear, but God's love. Not our grave, but the Lord Jesus Christ who speaks our name and calls us out of the tomb. St. Paul, in writing to the church at Corinth, once said this, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. Now, I know this may sound paradoxical, but in today's gospel, we see Martha and Mary stronger 
than they have ever been. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. Christ will raise each one of us in strength. The Lord will call our name, and in time, together we will walk out of this tomb. But not today. Holy Week is approaching, and our work at the moment is to wait, and perhaps even to fall at the feet of Jesus as Mary did, and to weep, knowing that the Lord weeps with us, not out of fear, not out of confusion, but in solidarity with the dust he came to enter, redeem, and save, in solidarity with the dust he loves so very much. To quote Merton again, there is no greater disaster in the spiritual life than to be immersed in unreality. There is a great gift that will come if we are willing to feel the reality of this moment, the reality that apart from God, we are helpless, dust, trapped in a tomb. And so we ask God for courage to feel that reality to embrace it and even to be grateful for it. As together we wait for the Lord to speak our name and call us forth from the tomb. For thus says the Lord God, I will open your graves and I'll bring you back to your land. And on that day, you shall know that I am the Lord. Amen.